What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing this hump day? I hope it is a lot nicer where you are at than where I'm at, because it's raining like cats and dogs out here. For all my younger listeners, it's not really raining cats and dogs. There are no cats and dogs falling from the sky. That's just an old saying. It means it's just raining really hard outside. Just don't want no one's kid flipping out, talking about, mommy, there's cats and dogs falling from the sky. They're all gonna die. That would be horrible. Don't wanna put nobody through that. See, that's how easy it is to get off a topic. What were we talking about again? Oh, how is everyone doing today? As you can hear, I'm doing a lot better than I was yesterday. It's weird like that. One day I can feel fine, and the very next day feel like a mouse getting trampled by an elephant. What am I going on about? Didn't no one come to hear me talk about this crap? Everyone is here for one reason, to find out what is going to happen in the story. And how do we do that? By dropping the intro. <laughs> She made her way back into the guardroom. The mercenaries had returned to their card game, oblivious of what she'd done. Sarah and the Huntress were nowhere in sight. Where did the princess go? She demanded. There was a long silence before one of the mercenaries grudgingly looked up from the hand and answered. She didn't say. She just left. And you let her go off alone? Lucia demanded angrily. That he thought she was with her, so we just... The man answered, his voice trailing off under her withering glare. She realized they were mere hired guns. They didn't care for anything but the credits they'd been promised. Lock the cell door. Lucia spat out. If anything goes wrong, hit the alarm. That should give me enough of a warning to get the princess out of here in time, Lucia thought. Two of the soldiers reluctantly got up and moved to obey her orders as Lucia climbed the staircase to the hall above. She didn't care that when Des broke free, he'd slaughter the guards. These men and women weren't her friends or colleagues. She knew they'd kill her without a second thought if the price was right. They were mercenaries. Their lives meant nothing to her. But she still cared about Sarah. Despite what she had done, she was still loyal to her mistress. She was still sworn to protect her life. When Des broke free, she knew he'd come looking for the princess. When the alarms went off warning of the prisoner's escape, Lucia wanted to be there to help Sarah get away to safety. And if he catches us before we get away, she silently tried to reassure herself, Maybe he'll remember me. Maybe I can convince him to let Sarah live. First, however, she had to find her. Doan's scarred and ugly terrain rolled beneath them as the victory sped low across the planet's surface. In the cockpit, Xana braced herself as the sensors picked up a fierce sandstorm several hundred kilometers in the distance. Beside her set was seated in his customary position, chair leaning back, feet up on the dash. Making a slight change in her approach vector brought her on a collision course with the storm. She didn't bother to give Set any warning as the victory was engulfed by the whirling vortex. The stabilizers kept the ship from suffering any real harm, but the cabin bucked violently as the vessel was buffeted by the howling winds. Set was sent tumbling from his chair, but he managed to roll with the momentum as he hit the ground and came up on his feet. You did that on purpose, he accused, using the back of his chair to steady himself in the turbulence. 
You need to be alert and aware of your surroundings at all times, she instructed him. Always be on your guard. I thought the information I gave you might have earned me a break from any more lessons today. He grumbled as he sat back into his co-pilot's chair and buckled the restraints. You were wrong. Despite her words, Set had proved himself to be quite valuable. In addition to telling her about Darth Undedu and his holocron, he had actually come up with the most likely place Bane was being held. They probably took your master to the stone prison. He had declared shortly after they had begun their journey. The stone prison? A dungeon built centuries ago by the nobility undone to house political prisoners, he'd explained. I found all sorts of references to it in the historical archives. What kind of defenses do they have? She'd asked. Pretty standard. Anti-aircraft cannons, armed guards inside. And they can set off a series of explosions to bring the whole place down at a last resort. Xana had scowled. We'll have to avoid detection when we go in. That might be easier than you think. Set had answered with a smile. The stone prison hasn't been used for almost two generations. It all made sense to Xana. A small team of elite guards or mercenaries could keep a single prisoner secured in the abandoned facility without attracting unwanted attention. All the infrastructure they needed, holding cells, interrogation rooms, would still be there. If they stayed deep inside the heart of the complex, nobody would even know they were there. Secrecy, as she well understood, was often the best protection from your enemies. But when your secrets were exposed, it could leave you vulnerable. They won't be expecting anyone to assault the prison, so I doubt they'll even activate the external defenses. Set had continued, speaking aloud the very thoughts running through Xana's mind. A small team couldn't spare the bodies to operate the stations, and powering the systems up would be like sending off a flare to alert everyone they were there. It was at that point that Xana realized Set, for all his seeming overconfidence and carefree attitude, actually liked to be prepared. He wasn't afraid to improvise and adapt, but he had the sense to know what he was heading into, at least in the short term. The trick would be teaching him to apply the same kind of diligence to long-term plans, then have the patience to bear them out. The victory passed through the eye of the sandstorm and out the other side, continuing on toward the tall stone column looming far in the distance. Even though they were enjoying a smooth ride once more, Xana was pleased to see that Set didn't lean back and put his feet up again. He was learning. And he'd shown several flashes of real potential during their time together. Maybe there was hope for him yet. Or maybe, Xana had to admit, she was just so desperate to find an apprentice, she was willing to overlook his flaws. There. That column up ahead. That's the one we want. Dusk had fallen and Xana could just make out the silhouette of the massive stone pillar in the distance. From here it looked like an enormous candle, tall and straight, the top aglow with hundreds of lights from the royal family's estate that had been built on the wide flat plateau at its apex. Xana brought the shuttle in low, skimming less than 20 meters above the ground to stay below the radar of the royal estate, perched nearly five kilometers above them. The Victory was picking up hundreds of life forms when she scanned the column, but they were all concentrated in the buildings of the plateau. There was no evidence of life inside the pillar, but that was to be expected. 
the scanners wouldn't be able to penetrate the Mountain of Stone. Reaching out with the Force, however, presented Xana with a very different picture. She could feel something dark and powerful pulsing at the heart of the column. She recognized the presence of her master, though from this distance, it was impossible to get anything more than a vague sense that he was hidden somewhere inside. Okay, the last couple of chapters have been so boring in my opinion. No real action, no action at all. But I feel like that they are setting up for something big. What that will be, I don't know just yet. But we do know that Lucia has given Bane what he needs to escape. Now she must find the princess before he gets out of his cell, because she knows that he will come looking for Sarah. She hopes that he might remember her and give Sarah a pass. Poor Lucia, she just doesn't know how much Dez has changed, but I have a feeling she's about to find out. Then it jumps to Xana and Set. They have just arrived on Dome. Set is getting on Xana's nerves a little, but he has shown his usefulness. Xana questions, is that enough for him to remain her apprentice, or is she just looking past his shortcomings out of desperation? And I think that's it for this part of the story. Quick reminder that you can find me live on Lightsaber Radio tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We hold nothing back on that show. Star Wars fun and laughter are my priorities. That's why it's labeled the most outrageous Star Wars show on the web. So take a minute to check it out. There is a link in the show notes below. And that's all I have for today. Join us tomorrow for the next part of the story. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Intent. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Keen Eye Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.